This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. With a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a heart of the high silver, the Lone Ranger. United States is also the history of transportation. First prairie schooners blazed the trail into the new territory. And then came the Pony Express and the stagecoach lines. Finally, the railroad made its appearance, but in the more remote sections of the country, the stagecoach still survived. The armed guards who rode with the drivers fought it out with outlaws time and time again. Hold-ups were a regular occurrence until the cry of Hi-Yo Silver was heard throughout the West, and the masked rider of the plains started his great fight for law and order, a fight which only ended when crime was completely stamped out on the frontier. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver! Outlaws of your Hampton Mills! We've got to hurry! Hail Silver! Away! <laughs> 
As our story opens, a stagecoach is standing motionless on the trail between Ogden and Hampton Mills, while two men, both masked, hold level guns upon the driver, guard, and passenger. All right, mister, step outside here. You bastard cook, pass Mr. Ames. You let him eat. Shut up, driver, if you're savvy what's good for you. Mr. Ames, if that's your handle, get out of that coach. You're the cook that has been holding up the stage. Right quick at figuring things out, ain't you? Search him while I keep an eye on these other hombres. Sure. This is an outrage. Ah, this outlaw's got her in a living, though, eh? Now keep your hands raised while I see what you got in your pocket. You no, can't I do this, mister. Yeah, nothing there. Unbutton that vest you wear. Let's see what's making that bulge in your shirt pocket. Oh, it's nothing there. Come on. When I report this to the sheriff, we'll be a long ways from here. Uh, I thought so. I'll take that wallet. That's cattle money. We ain't got nothing against spending cattle money. It's as good as any other, I reckon. He's right hefty. He must have sold considerable cows. Anything else on him? No. Then turn around, mister, and climb back in. And if you're the guard, open up on them fellas. And get drilled, sleepy. I ain't no hero. When I see six guns staring me in the face, I just want the fellow holding them tells me. Which shows right good sense. How are you cooks going to keep us here? We're leading off this trip already. You can get rolling right now. We'll even give you a start. <laughs> Put still my horses. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Comes the stage. He's late again. Hi there, Sleepy. How's the trail? Any news from Hampton Mills, Wayne? Where's the manager? Where's the sheriff? You guys, where the blazes are you? Where's Ed Cardigan? Something about it, Mr. Ames? Wasn't another holdup, was it? Sleepy, what's happened? It wasn't a holdup, all right. Come on, Pat. We'll have to make a report. Just a second. I hope you ain't blaming me, Mr. Ames. Oh, I guess it wasn't your fault, Pat. Here's Mr. Fergus. Uh, one side, fellas. Let me through. What's the trouble here? Well, one of your stages was held up again, and I was robbed of more than a thousand dollars cattle money. Uh, sleepy, how this happened? Why, just the same as the other time, Mr. Fergus. We never got no warning at all. One minute there was nobody near, and then the next they was riding alongside with us covered. Honest, Mr. Fergus, I never had a chance to get in a shot. Is that the truth? That's so, Grant. If they were to blame, I'd be the first to say so. But the way them crooks work is to keep undercover till the stage is by, then ride up from behind. You'd have to have eyes in the back of your head to know which way they was coming from next. Well, I reckon you know how sorry I am about this, Mr. Ames. But I don't know what I can do. Oh, it ain't your business to catch them crooks, Grant. It's the sheriff's. Well, they'll catch him one of these days. Sleepy, why in blazes did this have to happen just when I had good news for you? Good news for me, Mr. Fergus? I told the company, with business getting better all the time, I'd have to have another man to help me in the office. They said to choose who I wanted, and you was going to be him. Oh, golly. But now I ain't. These holdups ain't done your record any good. But, Mr. Fergus, oh, I didn't... Grant, you know as well as I do, Sleepy ain't been at fault. Uh, Mr. Fergus, if anybody's to blame, it's me, not Sleepy. I'm the guard, and it's my business to stop holdups. But Sleepy's the driver, and everybody knows the driver ain't supposed to put up a fight. Well, job is still yours, Sleepy. Lesson the company objects. Gosh, Mr. Fergus. Sheriff's coming now. Well, hey, Ed, come here. I just heard some fellas talk about what happened to you, Mr. Ames. Sheriff, why don't you do something to catch them hold-up men? That's what I'm going to do. Uh, you're sure taking your time about it. Yeah? Well, right now, I got a good notion who they are. The half sheriff? You told Jennings and Mac Loomis. Then arrest them, why don't you? Uh, that's easy said. It's one thing to make an arrest, but getting a conviction is a horse of a different color. Uh, Mr. Ames, will you testify in court you could identify them fellas as the ones that took your case? Well, where are uh, them men? You, uh, you, Pat. Can you say it was them? Not to swear it, huh? Uh, me neither. Eh, you see? Sheriff, if they can't be identified, there's another way to get a conviction. Yeah, what's that, Grant? Find them with some of the things that stole on them. Uh-huh. You make it sound like there's nothing to it but searching but them. Sheriff, don't Then you how see? about the second time the stage was robbed? I picked up Mac and you drawn out a quarter mile from where it happened. And there wasn't a thing on them. Not even the masks they used. Well, then most likely it ain't them. Uh, maybe. 
But if I was a betting man, I'd lay my cash it is. Well, come on in the office and we'll talk to this old while Sleepy's making out his report. Right. You drive the stage round back, Pat. Sure, Mr. Fergus. Come on, man. One oh, moment, Mr. Raines. You speaking to me, stranger? Yes. Go ahead, tell us. I'll be right with you. Right. Get your business. Then tell us waiting for me. I heard you telling about the holdup. Sheriff said he suspected two men by the name of Utah Jennings and Mike Loomis. You know them, fellas, stranger? I've heard the names, that's all. Could you describe them? Say, you haven't got a lead on this, have you? I might have. It depends upon what those men look like. Well, that's just the trouble. They ain't the kind of fellows you can describe easy. They're just middling height and middling complected and middling everything. So if it was them that held us up with masks on, you couldn't tell them from anybody else. I see. Just where did the robbery take place? Well, I'd say we must have been about a mile the other side of the Red River Bridge. Would have taken the stage about an hour to reach town from there. That must mean the robbery happened just a little over an hour ago. Uh-huh. That's the time I'd put it at. Thanks. Was, uh, hey, hey, wait, stranger. If you know something, I'd well, like I'll to... I'll investigate first. If I find what I think I will, the sheriff will be told at once. The stranger who had questioned Ames walked slowly to the edge of town and hurried toward a grove of trees where a great white horse was standing. The lone ranger, quickly removing the disguise from his face, mounted Silver and rode to meet his faithful Indian friend, Tonto. Oh, Silver! Oh, Father! Oh, Father! Oh, Tonto! Ah! I'm not wearing disguise. I took it off and put on my mask coming from town. Tonto, you remember those men we saw riding away from the stage trail? Huh? They may have been the outlaws we came here to find. Why, you think that? The stage was held up just before we saw them. We must have missed the holdup by just a few minutes. Oh, that bad. I got a description of the two men, Sheriff suspects. It wasn't very good, but such as it was, it seemed to fit the men we saw. Tonto, do you think you could follow their trail? Oh, that's not hard. Not only follow it, Tonto, but find out if they stopped anywhere on the way. These are the men, I think they are. They were picked up once before by the Sheriff right after a robbery. The Sheriff found nothing on them. Oh. If the Sheriff picked up the right men, that means they hid the loot as soon as possible after the holdup. Isn't that right? They did the same thing this time. I want to know it. If not, they've either got the money in their camp, or they're not the men we're looking for. Uh, let's go, Tyler. Get him up. Come on, Silver. Well, it's the camp below us there. Uh, not it. I'm beginning to wonder if we're on the trail of the right men after all. They did nothing to conceal their tracks. Look. Outlaws wouldn't make a fire that gives off so much smoke. When the smokers again, anybody could find this camp. We find out? Yes. I'm going to learn the truth about this. The only way to do that is follow through on every clue we get. Come, Tonto. Get him up, Scout. Come on, Silver. Who's that coming? Them, see you. That way you are. Come, Slap Leather. Who are you? Hold the engine. Oh, oh, Silver. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Take your hand from that gun. Now, hold up. It isn't a hold up. If you draw, I'll blast that gun from your hand. Better take it easy, Mac. Mac Lomas? Sure I am. I ain't got no reason to hide my name. My face either. Like you have, stranger. And you're Utah Jennings. Uh-huh. And what of it? Well, you've got reason to believe you held up the Ogden stage today and stole a thousand dollars from a rancher, huh? You what? Well, I'll be. Utah, these fellas think we're crooks. We'll soon know whether you are or not. I get it. You said there was a holdup and come here to steal a cash from us, figuring we was the ones done the robbing. Well, stranger, that's a time you got fooled. Yes? We ain't outlaws, we ain't got enough cash on us to be worth stealing, and we don't know where there's any to be had. Then you shouldn't object to being searched. <laughs> Go ahead, we ain't stopping you. Search them, Tonto. I'll keep them covered in case it's a trick. <laughs> uh, you're just wasting your time. But suit yourself, gents, suit yourself. If you find nothing on them, Tonto, look through the saddlebags. Search everywhere around the camp. Tonto, do that. <laughs> All right, Redskin. Me and Utah keeps open house here. When the money's around, Tonto will find it. And if it isn't, then we've made a mistake and we'll be willing to admit it. 
But the search failed to reveal the money, and throughout the following week, no further clues were found by the masked man. In the meantime, Sleepy Hogan, the stage driver, had entered upon his duties in the office, where we see him now. It is evening, and Grant Fergus, the local manager of the stage line, and Pat Gallagher, the guard, are also present when... Pat, how's Charlie Barton making out a stage driver? He's doing fine, Mr. Fergus. <laughs> Pat, that's something I'm blame glad to hear. When I was driving stage, it didn't seem like such hard work. But after drawing wages for just shining the seat of my pants in this year office, I wouldn't go back to the other for nothing. <laughs> I never thought you had a lazy streak in you, Sleepy. <laughs> How do you figure I got my nickname? Say, this is the trip the bank at Hampton's is sending cash for the payroll down construction camp, ain't it? Uh-huh. And Pat, you and Charlie better be blamed sure you get that cash back here safe. Ain't the sheriff giving us no protection? Well, his plan is to follow up the stage with his deputies. Well, that ought to be protection enough. Well, I'm afraid of is that he'll get there too late to catch him hiding the cash. That's the whole blame thing. Find out how them crooks get rid of what they steal so fast, and there won't be no more holder. But like the sheriff says, that's something easier said than done. Hey, what's keeping Charlie? If the stages leave on time, he better be getting along. I'll take a look out the window. He's likely to be coming down the road now. Ain't like Charlie to be late. Here comes his missus. Ain't Charlie along? I see nothing of him. The way Grace is hustling along, I'm wondering if maybe something ain't wrong. Maybe he's took sick. That's her. Come in. Mr. Fergus. Say, Mrs. Barton, where's Charlie? Please, we took away. Huh? Took away? What do you mean? Kidnapped. Kidnapped? What, what? Two men got him. He was just eating his supper when they called him to the door. And then they pulled guns on him and took him away. Mr. Fergus, you gotta do something. You gotta get him back. Who was it done it? He was mad. Just like the stage robbers. Might have been the same one. Why in thunder would they want Charlie? You will get him back, won't you, Mr. Fergus? Promise you'll find them. I'll do the best I can, Mrs. Barton. But this is work for the sheriff. Sleepy, this means you've got to drive the stage. Me? Oh, now, listen. You're doctor. There ain't nobody else can, and that stage's got to leave on time. But, Mr. Fergus, I ain't a stage driver no more. Mm -hmm. I can tell you, or you won't be nothing around here no more. Oh. Doggone if you ain't lazy. Now get off of them shiny pants of yours and help me hitch up the horse. And hurry. Well, this one last time. Mr. Fergus. Come on, ma'am. Don't you worry about your husband now. We'll tell Ed about this, and he'll have his deputies out after them masked fellas in no time at all. The curtain falls on the first act of our thrilling Lone Ranger drama. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, we do something right here, uh huh? It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Yeehoo! Loot Crate video box! What's with kids today, huh? Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, there's a box just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash Loot Crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash Loot Crate. Great Scott! Snap into a Loot Crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media.
fiery horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high of silver, the Lone Ranger. Now to continue our story. When the Lone Ranger heard that Charlie, the newly appointed stage driver, had been kidnapped, he raced to the small, well-hidden camp near Ogden where Tonto was waiting for him. Oh, Silver! Oh, boy! Silver! What you find now? Tonto, I've learned just exactly how blind I've been. What you mean? Call your horse. Yes, Scout. We were right when we suspected Mac and you saw. Huh? This evening, they gave themselves away. What? What then do? I said it was a ride, Tonto. But now we're heading for Hampton Mills. Come on, get him up, Scout! Throughout the night, the masked man and Tonto rode toward Hampton Mills. They arrived shortly after daybreak and, taking cover in a grove of trees, waited for Lloyd Evans, the owner of the town's small private bank. You should be long soon, fellow. Hmm. Hmm. That fellow rides that way. That's us, Evans. He stops in front of the bank. Huh? Him stop. And it looks as though he's taking keys from his pocket. Yes, that must be him. He's unlocking the door. Now, stay here and warn me if anyone comes along. Huh? I want to talk to Evans alone, if possible. But it shouldn't take me long. Me? Wait. The front door. This mask is seen. I have to take that chance. Here we are. Evans! What the... I've got to talk to you. Mask. I'm not an outlaw. Then what? I happen to know you're sending a payroll to Ogden by stage today. Then you're one of the stage robbers. If I were, would I let you know I was aware of the shipments? You come to steal it now, but you won't get it. The safe is locked, and I'm not opening it for you or any other crew. Keep the safe locked, but listen to me. You Evans, were... you've lost money before to the men who were holding up the stage. Twice. Do you want that money back? Of course I do. You won't get it back until the men who have stolen it are caught. Are you willing to help catch them? What do you mean? I mean just this. I have a way to trap them, but I've got to have your help. Oh, so that's it. Yes. You are one of those crooks. You probably got kicked out of the gang, and now you want to get even. It doesn't matter what you believe. All that matters is whether or not you will help. Go on. Talk, stranger. to convince him. That he could. Now you'll have to act fast. The stage will be in town in two hours. You'll stay here only long enough to change horses, pick up passengers and freight, then start back to Ogden again. It not not take me long. Evans will be expecting you. As you've seen him, meet me just outside of town. I'll be waiting in that old Arroyo to the left of the trail. Tonto, Tonto, go now. And hurry. Get him up, Scout. Oh, fellow. You've got an idea too quick. We're going to have the surprise of their lives. And you and I'll be there when it happens. Come on, Silver. Steady till me and Mr. Evans can lift up this box. Stand still, you bastard, don't come critters. All right, Mr. Evans, let's throw this cash up there. Grab hold. Up with it. Gosh, it's heavy. Give us a hand to steady you, Pat. Yeah. Low him. You reckon I'm getting old or something, but that shore was a chore. Going right to Ogden? Just as soon as we see if we got any passengers. Hand me them range, Pat. I'll be doggone glad when I'm back working in the office again. Have a good trip, boys. We'll steer clear of outlaws. We'll do that same. We hope. Get along with you. Get along. Get along with you. Just 
state of magic and just about in trees. I wonder where the sheriff and his deputies are. I'm close enough to do any harm, and that's all we need to know. Better get your mask on you, sir. Uh-huh. There. Mac, that's the beauty of being sort of plain looking. Wearing masks and the kind of clothes that half the cowpokes in the country wear. We ain't no easier to pick out from a couple of hundred other fellows and a couple of blades of buffalo grass would be from a million of the same. Yeah, here she is. Got a chance to draw beside us first. to be told. Better watch to see them passengers don't try anything. I'll handle them. All right, man, this is quiet now. Wherever you and the guard bring that cash box down here in Pronto. The sheriff's close by. That's just why I ain't fooling with you. Get moving. Come on, Pat. Let them take the cash. The sheriff will get it back. And them with it. <laughs> yeah, now. Thanks for the help, fellas. And seeing as how you're so willing, you can just carry the box back there and set it in the road. Right, you, po- you cooks are going to be able to hide so easy. Suppose you let us worry about that. Get going. Yeah. Them passengers look like they can't anything worth the taking. They don't look like they got the price of a square meal between the lot of them. <laughs> then maybe we ought to lend them some cash. I'll buy a plain side. Then I'm worse for the cash, same as we do. <laughs> well, that's far enough, you fellas. Come back here now and head for town. When you fellas are sitting behind bars, I'll be standing outside laughing at you. Come on, Pat. Gosh, I'm sure going to hate to tell Mr. Fergus about this. On your way. Get up. Get up. Come on, you fellas. Get up. Anything the sheriff yet, you saw? No, but he'll be along soon. Yes, you're all right. Steady there. You bet it's here. Throw away your mask and come on. There she goes. Mine along with it. Oh, let's see anybody prove we was wearing them. Yeah. Hey, there's the sheriff. Well, we ain't going to run from him. No reason why we should. Hold on there. Stay right where you are. What's ailing you, sheriff? You look sort of red in the face. You saw. Maybe yet too much for dinner and ain't digested yet. That's enough of that. This is the time we caught you skunks right in the act. Huh? What's he talking about, Mac? Search me. You robbed the stage. We heard the shots and we even seen the stage just as it was pulling away. Now, what do you got to say to that? Me? I'd say that being the case, Sheriff, you ought to be looking for the crooks that done it. Ah. Uh, well, look around for the cash they stole. Got to be around here somewhere. Uh, mighty fine weather we're having, ain't it, Sheriff? Now, Mac, you know it ain't been fine weather. Why do you keep if saying that? You cold cats don't quit your smart alley talk. I'll tell you evidence or no evidence. Sheriff. Maybe those two fellas are the ones you're looking for. Well, what fellas? Coming down the road there. My thunder, one of them was mad. Yes. Don't try nothing, stranger. You neither, engine. Get your hands in the air. Take the one, take all these masks. See, they're part of Mac in Utah. Sheriff, yes, are you arresting these men for holding up the stage? What right of you? I asked you a question. Did you fellas find the case? Oh, yeah. No. Well, here's the mask they wore, Sheriff. You can't say we wore them. Stranger, who, who I am doesn't matter. Tonto and I were the outlaws. It stands to reason we wouldn't deliberately ride into your posse. Oh, I and I still want to know if you're arresting these men or not. Blasted how in blazes can I without no evidence? I'm going local. I'd have bet my bottom dollar that this time we had to stop. Then, Sheriff, arrest them anyhow. But well, I... the Sheriff can't do that. Gotta have proof again. Arrest them, Sheriff, and I'll get you all the proof you need. Taking the sheriff aside, the masked man explained his purpose, and the sheriff consented to make the arrest. But instead of jailing Utah and Mac, he took them to the office of the stage line, where, in company with Grant Fergus, he kept watch over them. Blast it, Sheriff, you can't do this to us. Take these handcuffs off let us go. You can't jail us without no proof. That's just why he ain't been jailed. I aim to handle things all right and proper. 
If I gotta have evidence to jail you, well, then I'll keep you fellas here instead. That ain't no argument. It'll do till I get a better one. And close that back door. Close him here. The door stays open. Here, you figured the mask on was telling the truth? I know he was. I just never had the sense to see it till he pointed it out. What you call it talking about? Now, don't get excited. You'll find out all in good time. This ain't legal, real. That's it, Ben. Sure enough. Hey, what, what's the matter? What's happening? Just don't try to break away and you shoot now. Over next to the table where the coach is, Sheriff. Uh-huh. That proves the mask fellow was right. Snakes! There's many of them! Get him away! Help. Get him away! We'll get that to death. It's sidewinders. Help. No snake won't hurt you. Tell them. Pick them up and put them back in the box. Uh, me get the snake. Don't touch them. They're poison. Get them away. Oh, there's one by my leg. Hey, help us. Close the sidewinders, Sleepy. They've had their fangs taken away. <laughs> you couldn't get poisoned if you was bit by all of them at once. But what do you... Matt, you and Sleepy are going to jail. Wait. Look. You I... convicted yourself. Look here, Sheriff. In the back of the stagecoach, they had a place built there large enough to conceal the cash box. And everything else they stole. But that ain't so. Everybody knows the mask fellows that tell us up. The passengers will tell you that. It was a clever scheme, Pat. Your friends Mac and Utah held up the stage, but the evidence was never found with them, because the evidence was always right here in this compartment. But today, I got witnesses can swear we just put the cash box out in the road. And why is the cash box here? What probably happened was, while the passengers thought we were putting the box in the road, you were really putting it in this hiding place. But we didn't You know. gave your scheme away when Utah and Mac kidnapped the new stage driver. You wanted the gold you knew was going to be shipped today. But to make your scheme work, Sleepy had to be driving. But I told Mr. Fergus I didn't want to drive. You I did could... that simply to disarm suspicion. I learned that Charlie was kidnapped. I knew that had to be the answer. It was the only possible answer that explained why your partners were always in the clear. And you knew there was only one chance in a thousand that the law would be close enough to actually see them hold up the stage. <laughs> so the masked fellow went to the banker and had him fix up this cash box. They put lead in it to make it way heavy. Then they put in snakes. And that saved us the trouble of keeping watch on you fellas to see when you'd come back for what was stole. <laughs> With the snakes in that box, all we had to do was sit back and wait for you to yell. Blast that masked fella. The sheriff from Hampton Millsway is bringing down the real box of cash yourself. And while I was holding them partners of yours inside, the engine backtrailed and found where Charlie was hit. He's at home right now. Well, this was the last time we figured on stealing anything. And then we had to be caught. <laughs> and the best part of the whole thing is that the only thing you stole was snakes. Thank you.
story you have just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. With a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hi-Yo Silver, the Lone Ranger. States, outlaws roam the territory. Usually working in small bands, they attack isolated ranch houses, driving off cattle and stealing whatever they could lay their hands on. But occasionally, an outlaw with a gift of leadership became ambitious. He welcomed new recruits until his band had grown into a small army, and he was able to defy not only the local sheriffs, but the government troops as well. The Hawk was such a man, and the story of his meeting with the masked rider of the plains is one of the most exciting episodes in the history of the West. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver! We're heading south for the border. The horse has been seen near Dover. Hail, Silver! Away! <laughs> The story begins in the little town of Preston where the Army Post was located. Matt Badger, an engineer on the newly built railroad, is enjoying an evening at home and... Oh, it sure seems good having you at home at least one day a week, Matt. Sometimes I get so lonesome I wish you wasn't working for the railroad, even if it does pay so good. <laughs> Bess, you ain't no more glad to see me here than I am to be here. But it, it ain't just being lonesome. If you was railroading back east where things were all safe and settled, I'd, I'd likely not mind so much. Here with engines and hold-up men, and thinking of you in a cab of your engine in the mountains with a canyon beside you, and, and you're likely to run off the tracks. 
Oh, man, I can't sleep half the time for thinking of it. No, honey, it ain't near as bad as you make out. And our boy, talking to railroading all the time, saying he's going to be an engineer as soon as the company will take him on. <laughs> He'll have to be a fireman first. That ain't no safer. Speaking of Dale, where is he tonight? Oh, land sakes, I never even thought to ask where he was going when he went out. Hey, folks, I just heard some news, big news. Dale, where have you been? Just how much in the train pulling from Dover. Your Paul's been asking for you. <laughs> Wait till I tell you what I heard. <laughs> Reckon it ain't anything to make you so out of bread. It ain't. Well, just listen to this. The Hawks on this side of the border. The Hawk? Him and all his men. They say there must be two or three hundred of them. The worst coming all the west. They, they ain't coming this way, are they? Now, don't you worry, Ma. They wouldn't do that with all the soldiers there is at the fort. Not them fellas. Nope. The word is they were seen heading for Dover. Good Lord. Oh, the poor folks up there. But what'd the Hawk cross the border for? He had a fight with the soldiers on the other side and lost. He came to this side to get away from him. Somebody ought to get that felon, string him up by the neck. He calls himself a general, don't he? Yeah, uh, he hires every border cutthroat and breed there is and calls it an army. But that don't keep him from being just a bunch of murdering outlaws. Just like calling himself a general don't keep him from being nothing but a low-down thief and killer. Yeah, you should see the stir down at the fort when the news came in. Is the major going after yeah, him? You bet he is. He's got to. If the Holt raids Dover, he'll wipe out the folks up there. They won't have a chance. But son? Oh, dear. Now what is it? Come in. Oh, howdy, Herb. Grab your coat and hat. Hmm? You and me are taking a train to Dover. I got steam up at the engine and just waiting to pull out. But this is Matt's day all. Don't make no difference, ma'am. These are army orders. We're hauling soldiers into the mountains so as they can get after the hawk. You better hurry, Matt. Yeah, I'll do that. Oh, can I go with you? I should say you can. But look here, maybe I can help you. I can handle an engine just as well as you can. Well, don't be pestering me. Base, where's my head? Here you are, Matt. Hey, will we have to wait for the soldiers, Herb? They're loading now. Close to 500 of them. Golly, that's going to make a mighty hard pull up that mountain grade. It has to be done, Matt. You ready? Uh-huh. Goodbye, honey. We'd like to be back by tomorrow night. Oh, Matt, do take care of yourself. Bye, Paul. We better run, Matt. Yeah, come on. The major says we got to be in Dover by morning. It'll be at shore. You got steam up, you say? Steam up and everything's set. All you have to do, Matt, is open up the throttle. Gosh, you wasn't far wrong when you said there was going to be 500 soldiers going. The major's taking near every man he has in the fort. If they get the hawk, it's a good thing. There's the major now. Hey, major. Here's Matt. You ready to start? Get in your cab, man. We'll be ready in 30 seconds. I'll give the order to pull out. Climb in, Matt. Here, I'll give you a hand. This is going to be a ride to remember. Captain Beverly, tell those men to get in their car. Sergeant, see to those arms. You watching for the signal to highball? Uh-huh. The major sounds like he means business. And when he sounds like that, the hawk had better watch out. Yeah. Matt! Get going. Here we go. All set, Major. Get ready. Hurry. We'll do that same. Herb, you keep the steam up. I'll give you enough pressure to blow out the boiler. We're on our way. You get back we are. Howdy, friend. What in blaze? They just swung aboard. Look here, you can... we got both of you covered. Keep this train rolling, do what we tell you, or stop the land. <laughs> It was scarcely 15 minutes after the train had left town that young Lieutenant Rooney, in command at the fort, in the Major's absence, was startled by the sound of loud voices outside his office. You can't hold me! What in blazes? Matt, don't try to stop me. Put down those guns. Not until you take me to Major Wilson. Major Wilson isn't here. Now get out before... Not here? Then where is he? You're one of the Hawks' men. Quick, Lieutenant. Where's the Major? I'll tell you where he's gone. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. He's gone to wipe out your rotten bunch. Turned over. By train. By heavens, when he gets there, your friends will pay for their murders. I'm not from the Hawks. Don't tell me that. I came here to warn Major Wilson of the Hawks' trap. You're planning. I've been following the truck ever since he crossed the border, trying to learn his plans. Lieutenant, he has no more idea of attacking Dover than you have. That's a lie. 
We have information... Winslet Hawk's supplied for his own reasons. It's a trick, Lieutenant. The Hawk sent only enough men to our Dover to frighten the people and make them think he was approaching with his full force. Then what are you... Right doing? now, he's coming here by way of Eagle Pass with more than 200 men. I don't believe... Listen it. to me. What reason would he have for attacking Dover? Well, he wants his arms and ammunition. With those, he can recross the border and fight the soldiers there on even terms. It seems impossible. He's clever. He knows he's not safe on this side of the border. He plans just one daring raid and then escape. But if that's true... It is true. What's more, the Hawk has sent two men here ahead of him. They probably came to look over the ground to see if their trick worked. Where are those men? He went into town to look for them while I came here. Tonto? An Indian, my friend. Then we'll pick up those men. If you've told the truth, the Major will have to be warned and brought back here. You say the Hawk is at Eagle Pass now? He is. Thank heavens there's still time for the soldiers to return. Orderly. Yes, sir. We'll have to get the soldiers. bad news. What are you Tell doing? Tell us, Kipway. The two men you followed? Uh, me get there too late. Them on train. What's that? You saw them get on? Me not see him. Other fellows see him. Them get an engine. Major Wilson and the soldiers on that train? With two of Hawk's men in the engine? But what can be done? If we knew their plans. Tonto. Huh? That train has to climb a steep grade to get to Dover. That's right. The train won't be able to travel at full speed. Scout could get you to Dover almost as soon as the train. Huh? You're going to ride to Dover. That's the two men seen getting in the cab weren't the outlaws we followed. I don't think them outlaws. I'm afraid they are. But if they aren't, if the soldiers arrive at Dover safely, give Major Wilson the message to return. Can't do that. It'll be morning in a few hours. Lieutenant. Yes? We don't know why those men boarded the train. There may be a branch line or something of the sort between here and Dover. Might plan on forcing the engine crew to sidetrack the soldiers, figuring to delay them long enough for the hawk to attack and get away. There is a branch line. It goes to Dawson. Your men are equipped with heliographs, aren't they? Mirrors to reflect the sun and send signals? Of course. And get one for Tonto. But what's he... If he finds the soldiers have been sidetracked, he can tell us. He'll be in the mountains. It'll be easy for him to send the message and for us to receive it. You're right. And we'll know what's happened. And then we can make our plans. Now hurry so that Tonto can get on his way. train toiled up the steep ascent to Dover, the tracks winding between a sheer cliff on the one side and a drop of thousands of feet on the other. During all that time, Matt and Herb were conscious of the unwavering guns of the two outlaws who stood over them. There's no use, you fellas, pretending. We know you're from the Hawk. But you won't get away with this. <laughs> We're doing well enough. If you decide when you're well off, you'll pay more attention to your work than the spike in me here. In daylight. We're getting pretty close to Dover. Maybe more than 10 or 15 miles from here. And just how do you sidewind this figure you're going to get away from the soldiers after we reach town? <laughs> That's just it. The soldiers ain't going there. Huh? What do you mean? Don't get anxious. Passenger cars kept on a spur in Dover, ain't they? They're all it is. That's just fine. They'll be coming in hand. Hmm? You see, our boss sent some of the fellas to make the folks in Dover think all of us was nearby. You mean they ain't? If they were, there's nobody's note about it till too late. To these friends, the Hawks marching on the fort this very minute. And we're planning on using them cars in Dover to pick up our parts there and join the Hawks at the border. By the time we get back, you'll likely have it too. You Keep them. your big mouth closed. I can't. They better stop the train. I reckon, Luke. This will do as good as any place. Stop the train. What for? Don't ask so many questions. Just stop but it. But I tell you. After it stops, any soldier sticks his head out of the window to ask why, you tell him nothing's the matter. Oh, get drilled. But you can't. Stop this train. You better do like it says, Matt. They ain't the kind that would hesitate much about shooting. But stop on this grade. We'd never be able to get started again. We'll worry about that. You get some other order. You fellas must be local. Don't argue with them anymore, Luke. Drill on. I'm stopping. Stick your head out of the cab and tell them fellas nothing is wrong. Go ahead. Matt, what are you stop for? He got... Ain't nothing, Major. We... 
We'll be on our way again in a minute. Very well. But don't see there. Is he outside the train? No, he, he just shouted from the door back there. Yeah, no. <laughs> now climb out of this cab, you fellas. Just got one more thing for you to do. And you'll find that downright easy. Tuttle signal soon. If anything's delayed here. What's that? Light signals. Silver old boy. It's Tuttle. Come on, Silver. Hurry, old fellow. Lieutenant. Oh, oh Silver. Oh, uh, Lieutenant. We did. Lieutenant. The hawker's done something I didn't believe even he was capable of doing. Yes? The train stopped eight miles this side of Dover. There's no branch line at that point. The train stopped and the engine uncoupled from the cars. You mean the train? I mean that at this moment those cars are loose. They're running away down the grade. And when they jump the track, every man inside will be dashed to his death. The curtain falls on the first part of our thrilling Lone Ranger drama. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Now to continue our story. When the Lone Ranger received the startling news from Tonto that railroad cars carrying 500 soldiers were hurtling unchecked down the mountain grade, he brought the news to Lieutenant Rooney at the fort. Every man will be killed. Every last man. Listen to me, Lieutenant. But what can How we... many men have you here? Only 15. The Hawk will be arriving in very few hours. Send your men into town. Warn the townspeople. Get every man, woman, and child inside the fort. We'll never be able to hold you out. You can for a while. But what... Go ahead in a second to waste explaining. Just do what you're told. Get those people in the fort. At once. Come on, Silver! Any word about the soldiers yet, son? Not a word, Ma. Oh, I'm that worried. I just can't sit still. Ah, oh, shucks. There ain't no sense in that. I'd say the safest place to be is right where Paul is with the soldiers. And as for getting word, you know as well as I do, there can't be no word till the train gets back. I suppose I'm foolish. Of course you are. Now, what are you fixing for supper? Well, now, I ain't just decided yet. There's a... A man. Oh. Man who can run it. Now get in that cab. 
In the meantime, obeying the Lone Ranger's instructions, Lieutenant Rudy sent his men to summon the townspeople to the fort. In a frenzy of fear and confusion, thrown into a panic by the dreaded name of the hawk, the townspeople gathered their families, loaded their possessions into carts, wagons, across the saddles of their horses, into and onto anything available, and made their way to the fort. For hours, an unbroken stream of horses and wagons covered the short distance between the fort and town. All was chaos at first inside the fort. Baggage was strewn at random. Untied horses got in everyone's way. Children were lost and frantic mothers searched for them. Men busied themselves at useless, self-appointed tasks. But at length, the discipline of the small body of soldiers prevailed. And a measure of order was finally restored. Get those horses out of the way! Put the children in the barracks! All the men are to stand by for orders and the women make ready to load the guns! Sergeant! Have ammunition brought from the magazine. Yes, sir. Well, what is it? Over there. Down the trail. Don't, don't you see anything? I don't. Horsemen. Do you think? It's the Hawk and men. If they were eagle to at the time, the masked man's head, they're just about to. Oh, they'll kill us. Oh, they will. But not before they know they've been in a fight, ma'am. Orderly, the Hawk is in sight. Men, to the stockade. Make ready for an attack. <laughs> steam in the boilers, and with Dale at the throttle, the engine taken by the Lone Ranger raced from town and up the mountain grade. While he fed fuel to the blazing firebox, the Lone Ranger explained his purpose to the young man. So that's why you made him come along. Yes, Dale. We may lose our lives in the attack, but it's worth the risk. We can save the lives of 500. I'm glad you made me do it. I know you'd feel that way when you understood. But I wouldn't have hesitated even if I'd known you wouldn't. There's too much at stake. If only them cars don't jump us, jump the track before we can get to them. We can do nothing about that except hope. Strange, is it? Do you think them coats killed Bond? Huh? I don't know, but I do know this. Tunnel was somewhere nearby, and if there was anything to prevent it, Tunnel would have taken my hand. You said Tunnel? Yes. I've heard that name before, sir. Perhaps you have. But I can't just seem to place it. That doesn't matter now. All that counts is reaching those runaway cars as soon as we can. And with us going toward them and them coming toward us, if we don't see them in time and meet head on, there ain't likely to be enough of us left to know who we want. Away cars gathering momentum as they rolled down the grade were soon racing at terrific speed. They roared down straightaways, the iron through the rims just barely clutching the rails as they whipped around curves. The cars rocking madly from side to side as they threatened to leap the tracks and plunge into the waiting canyon. Inside the cars, the soldiers were at first paralyzed, then shouted their terror. Finally, they became grim and silent. But the man among them was certain that the lightning journey could end only in death. And all the time, engine and cars were rushing toward each other. Fort too, the townspeople and the small body of soldiers, though prepared to sell their lives dearly, expected only death at the hands of the hawk. Have all the men arms? Guns and ammunition have been passed around. The men are ready and waiting, sir. Don't fire until I give the word. Hundreds of them killed? Hundreds. Not many more than two hundred. Is, is there anything I can do? There is. Have some of the women prepare bandages. Detail others to stand by with ammunition. Our guns must be loaded as fast as they're empty. And ma'am, yes. the most important thing you can do is keep the women from becoming frightened. Well, they ain't no more scared than the men folks are. I know, but... And I'll see to the bandages and bullets right now. The hawk is getting ready to charge, man. Make every bullet count. Take aim. Fire. <laughs> 
mass shooting. There's more than ten of us to every soldier in there. And the townspeople don't count. Are you ready? Yeah. Then come on. We'll wipe out the whole blasted bunch of them. Get up there. See what he could have done to prevent well, it. Well, we'll soon be known. The last person was for when the train reached town. Now, Hawk is getting ready to attack again. And I'm afraid we won't be able to fight him off much longer. Well, we'll try. What are those people shouting about? I don't know, but I can... Oh, 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 well, I'll be the major, sir. I know the man. With a masked man leading him. But how is Blazer City doing? That's something I don't know. But watch out. The Hawk, he's charging. To your station. Fire at will. Hold up the Hawk. <laughs> Bewildered by the appearance of the soldiers they had thought dead, the outlaw army fell into confusion. But there was no escape for them, for the fort on one side and the advancing soldiers on the other. At length, the hawk and his followers, seeing themselves in danger of being killed to the last man, threw away their guns, and the victory was won. While the outlaws were being herded inside the fort at the command of Major Wilson, Best Badger ran toward the Lone Ranger, saying... Stranger, my husband, Matt, what's become of him? Where's he at? Is he killed? Ready, Silver. I'm sorry, I can't say. Ma! Oh, Dale, you're back! Wait, there's Tano. Tano? With two men. Kimosabe! Oh! Oh, Scott! Oh! Oh, Scott! Oh, Matt! Matt, it's you, honey! Pa, you're wounded. It ain't nothing much. Just what them crooks done on me and Herb wouldn't uncouple a train like they told us. Why, they, they shot you? They shot me and knocked Herb out. Then the skunks let the cars loose and went on the door with the engine to get the rest of their parts. They seem to know how to handle the engine, all right. You say they went after the man the Hawk sent to Dover? I heard it. By golly, that's right. They was going to pick them up, then come back here. Major. Yes? This man has information that more of the Hawk's men are coming here. They can only be a handful. They'll come by train thinking the friends have captured the fort. You can be prepared for them, and you'll have the last of the worst gang of killers this country has ever known. Thanks to you, stranger. But what I don't see is how you got us here alive. Dale deserves the credit for that. He can tell you about it better than I can. Dale? Son, did you have a hand in saving a soldier? I just done what the masked man told me. Yeah? We went up the tracks with another engine until we caught sight of the cars heading to town. Go on. Well, when we seen him, we stopped and started backing up just as fast as we could. We was only going about four or five miles slower than the cars was and in the same direction. 
Doing the hit as the bump didn't amount to much. Oh, son. Well, after that, there wasn't anything to it. We just slowed down as easy as we could, and the car slowed down with us. Then we hooked on proper and brought the soldiers into town. And saved both us and the force. Son, you're a railroad man by thunder, and I'm here to say you're a better one than your pa. copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater.
fiery horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high-o silver, the Lone Ranger. to the western United States with their mothers and fathers and grew up in the great new territory, heard many stories of the phantom figure of the plains. No one was ever known to beat him to the draw, and his courage was only matched by his sense of fair play. The man who deserved a second chance always received one from the masked rider of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days when the West was young. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver! Our story opens in the cafe at Boonville, where Link Hamlin and Rusty Brennan are seated at a table. With them is young Neil Clark, who pushes back his chair and says... Well, I'll be seeing you fellas again, I reckon. Shucks, Neil. Stay on. Have another drink. No thanks, Link. I'd better be getting on home. <laughs> Still tied to your moss apron strings, huh? That ain't so. <laughs> oh, leave him be, Rusty. Neil's all right. He just ain't used to being growed up, that's all. <laughs> and he still got a notion everything his folks tell him is gospel truth. <laughs> that is, Neil? I'm old enough to think things out for myself. And I do, too. Yeah? You just wait. You both got the idea I'm scared to tell my folks I'm going my own way, ain't you? Well, I ain't scared, and I'll show you. Well, now, young fella, that's the way to talk. Maybe he's got some gumption after all. I'm going on 18. I ain't a kid no more. Of course you ain't, Neil. Of course you ain't. <laughs> and when you get around to proving that to your old man and your ma, why, drop around and look me and Rusty up. Maybe we'll be able to use you. Say, you mean to let me throw in with you fellas? Sure, why not? And, buddy, if you do, it won't be just wages you'll have to spend. It'll be important cash. Oh, that's sure funny. I got... Gosh, I... I don't know what to say. Well, you're friends, ain't we? But I never figured to tell <laughs> Don't start figuring in a while, fella. You ain't told the folks you're leaving the ranch yet. All we've said is that if you do strike out for yourself, then you can join us. But sure, I savvy, all right. Sure. But you'll see. I'll tell them. I ain't a scared. You can't tell them before you see them, can you? But no, but then I Then maybe tell... you better be running on home after all. Huh? Oh. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, I reckon I better. But I said I'd be seeing you fellas again. And maybe sooner than you expect. Good night. Uh, just a second. Huh? There's a storekeeper at the bar. He's been looking this way like he wanted to talk to you, Neil. Yes, sir? Where? Standing next to that tall stranger. Yeah, I see him now. 
meddling old fool. Aims to give me some more of his advice, I reckon. Well, I'll show him where to head in. <laughs> Don't take no steps from me. Hi there, Neil. What do you want, Ezra? Just a word is all. Excuse me, stranger. Of course. Boy, it's kind of crowded. Well, Ezra... A word about what? Son, don't you think you ought to steer clear of fellas like Rusty and Link? They're my friends. Mighty poor friends to have, I'd say. Ezra, you ain't got a call to tell me what to do just because I worked for you when I was a kid. Well, you're young'un. <laughs> Seems to me you've aged mighty quick then. It was more than three months ago you left me to work for your pa on the ranch, was it? You're making fun of me. Now, don't go flying off the handle, Neil. Ain't that at all. I'm just trying to warn you for your own good. And you can save your breath. Oh, uh, shucks. Does anybody else else but you? That's just what I do do. Because my best friend, Neil, we came to Texas together. Fact is, I've also looked on you like my own kid. Well, that don't give you any rights over Neil, me. you look here. You're right at the age when you can either grow up to be the right kind of a man, like your pa is, or get off on the wrong trail and end up where Lincoln Rusty. You talk like they're crooks. Well, ain't it? I've heard enough. Now, thank you to mind your own affairs. I guess I'm old enough to take care of myself. Now, wait, Neil. Good. You're gone, young idiot. Hey, Barkeep, fill up my glass, will you? Having a drink, stranger? No, thank you. I'm leaving. Hey, Barkeep, I said fill up my glass. I can't stand around here no longer waiting for you. <laughs> Rusty, you don't look like the storekeeper could got very far with the kids. Sure, I noticed. I think care. Figure the kid will join us? Sure, he will. If you don't, that'll mean we glass open as we're safe. And I'd just as soon not take that chance. Ah, don't worry. Kid will join us, all right. Only thing I'm worried about is... Maybe Ezra's changed the combination since Neil worked for him. Why should he? Well, he'd never suspicion Neil or Robin him, would he? No, uh, no, Of course he wouldn't. Chuck's Rusty, this is going to be the easiest thing we've ever done. Ezra's always been so doggone sure his cash couldn't be got at in that safe of his. He's never bothered to take it home of nights. And we can force the back door without making enough noise to wake up a redskin. And if Neil backs out and he learns what we're planning... <laughs> and what he won't do willing, he'll do with the pint of a gun. <laughs> and if the kid does try to back out, I've got a scheme that'll make him wish he never got the notion. You have? In that case, Rusty, we'll get the cash. <laughs> and the law will get Neil. <laughs> Next evening, Neil, with all his belongings, loaded on a pack horse, rode to the corral where his father was attempting to rope a half-tamed Mustang. Pa! Hey, come here, Neil! Get in with this pesky critter! Hey, hey what's the extra horse for? In the war bag. Came in the deep the wall. Oh, boy. I know, Pa. I, I... Well, if you are, you can change your mind right now. There's too much to be done around here for me to spare you. Well, I... I ain't working here no more, Pa. What's that? I'm pulling some stakes. You... Say, am I going loco or are you? Did I hear you say you was pulling the stakes? That's the size of it. No, hold on. Don't do no good to argue with me. I've plumb made up my mind. To hear you to talk, you've lost it. Now climb down off of that horse and put them things of yours away again to get to work. Nope. I'm leaving. You're doing no such thing. I'm almost 18. Uh-huh. And I've seen more idiots at 18 than any other age. Wait. Wait a second. I was in town this morning, and I seen Ezra there. And I suppose he told you a lot of lies. He didn't like him to lie, I don't know. What he said was that you've been hanging around with Lincoln Rusty. Well, what if I have? They wouldn't have nothing to do with this crazy notion of you leaving home today. No one tells me what to do. That ain't quite what I asked you. I, I know what you said. And what I want to know is what's wrong with Lincoln Rusty. Do I reckon you need to be told that? Sure. And everybody says they're crooks. But what if they are? They've got nerve. If they go after something, they're gambling their lives on it. They're men. Real men. 
They ain't staying safe to home, wishing for things, but a fear to have them. Son, is that the way you see things? Oh, you've worked hard all your life, and what's it got you? This here ranch with a mortgage on it at the bank. It's got you the right to slave from morning to night, while the sun blisters you in the summer and blizzards freeze you in the winter. It's got... Uh, ain't you got things of my twisted, son? Working hard is what made the banker trust me when things went bad for a spell and I needed the cash. Huh. And working hard is what gave you more home. And you, too, if it comes to that. I'll take care of myself from now on. And this is another thing. How do you figure your mom's going to feel about this? Well, I... Well, she'll see where I'm right someday. Yeah? When, when I'm able to buy her things and have to make it easier for her. You, you do this and you'll break your mom's heart. I... I don't reckon that's so. Doesn't anything mean nothing to you no more? Haven't the things we've tried to teach you gone any deeper than this? Well, goodbye, Paul. I ought to... Get up. Get up. Come on. You come back here. Me, come back here. Goodbye, Paul. Why? Let him go, Andy. Huh? What? A masked man. Where'd you come from? I was just over there near your barn. You heard what was said? I did. I was waiting to speak to you. That mask. Say, you're a crook. You put me up to this, I'll bet. I'm not a crook, Andy. And I'd like to help you save your boy. Huh? I was in the cafe last night, and I heard the storekeeper talking to Neil. What's all this to you? I think Ezra was, was right. Well, what did he say? He said that Neil was at the turning point of his life, that his whole future depends on the decisions he makes now. That's funny talk from an outlaw. If I were an outlaw, I'd probably know the truth of that even better than you. But I told you I'm not. Well, that ain't neither here nor there. I've got to go after Neil and bring a young idiot back here. Wait. Listen to me, Andy. Bringing Neil back by force isn't going to solve your problem. What am I supposed to do? Just stand by while my boy goes to the band? Neil needs several things. A good licking among them. First, if he needs something to shock him and to realize what he's doing. The shock I got was when my Paul laid on to me with a hazel switch. And he needs enough excitement to do him for a long time to come. He'll get it. He'll end if you listen to me. He'll do as I suggested. Oh, me plenty glad to hear that. Well, we've got to remember one thing, Kimosabe. As long as we suggested this plan, we must let no harm comes to Neil or Andy. Uh-huh. I learned where Rusty and Link live, in a small shack just outside of town. I mean no place. And that's where Neil will likely go. Uh-huh. If Link and Rusty really want Neil for a partner, they'll plan something soon. Once Neil has stepped outside of the law, he'll have to stay with him. I know that, and we'll take advantage of it. What we do? We're riding to town, Tato. It'll be late in the evening by the time we get there. Uh-huh. We may be able to learn their plans. Here's Scout. And Tato, I've got an idea if Rusty and Link do plan anything. They'll not stay clear of the law much longer. That's that right. Let's go. Come on, Scout. Get him up, Scout. At the same time that the Lone Ranger and Tonto raced toward Boonville, Rusty and Link heard a knock on the door of their cabin. Hey, Link. That would be the sheriff, would it? Hey, whatever he is. Ain't got nothing on us. Come in. Howdy, fellas. Well, I'll be talk. It's me. <laughs> well, we I bet you never thought I'd get up the nerve to leave home, ain't that so? You really pulled up stakes? I sure did. I told Pa the way I felt about things, and by golly, he saw I meant it. Did he say nothing? Oh, he tried to argue me out of it, of course. But I soon put a stop to that. I just rode away and left him standing there. Well, you had me fooled complete. <laughs> but we're sure glad to see you with us. Ain't we glad, Rusty? We are that. Matter of fact, Neil, I don't know just what we'd have done without you. Uh, it's blame good of you fellas to say that. But I reckon I don't count for much compared to armies that can handle guns like you do, too. Shucks, everybody's got their uses, kid. Ain't likely you'll be long finding it out, eh, Lee? <laughs> you mean you've got something planned already? Said we'd show you how to make big cash, you Oh, sure, but I didn't figure on anything real soon. Cold feet? Of course I ain't. You just try me out. We'll do that. 
Ain't forgot out the combination to Ezra's safe, have you? You mean... We mean that's the first thing we've got for you to do. Rob and Ezra's store. And you're going to open the safe for us. Oh, but I'll sit here, fellas. Sure, it ain't going to be hard. Now, who's that? Come in. What? Say, what are you doing in here? You, so you came after me, huh? Well, it won't do you no good. I might as well know it now. now. I said I was throwing with these fellas, and I meant what I said. Now, son, did I say anything about coming after you? Huh? Say, what is this? You can't here to make trouble, eh? You'll find you can hand out a plenty. Sure, ain't nothing like that. And what are you doing here? I just came here to admit that I made a mistake. Uh, a mistake? That's right, son. You see, after you left home, I got to think over what you said. If you did? About the mortgage on the place. Working all hours and getting the blisters from the sun and getting froze when it's winter. Right. I'm savvy. Well, that ain't hard to understand. The more I thought about it, the more I got to see where you was right. No. Yes. <laughs> so from now on, fellas, to blazes with ranches and hard work. It's cash the easy way for me. Shake hands with a fresh made outlaw. <laughs> Curtain falls on the first act of our thrilling Lone Ranger drama. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, aha. Uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot. On surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. Ha <laughs> ha! From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Yeehoo! The Loot Crate Video Box, what's with kids today, huh? Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are boxes just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash Loot Crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash Loot Crate. Great Scott! Snap into a Loot Crate, dig You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Now to continue our story, shortly after Andy Clark surprised his son Neil and the two outlaws, Lincoln Russell, announcing that he too wished to become an outlaw, the Lone Ranger and Toto reigned in their horses near the cabin. Oh, Silver. Oh, oh fellow. <laughs> Stay here, Silver. Come, Father. Uh-huh. I don't know if we're going to be able to hear them inside or not, Kimosami. This is all windows on this side are closed. Maybe window on another side open. Well, we can see. Let's find out if the first and even Andy are inside. Oh, there, Andy. You seen? Yes, he's sitting up at the table. Neil's sitting alone over at that far corner. Yeah. Outlaw, plenty mad. They're watching Andy as well. They suspect that he's up to something. Uh, I told Andy they likely wouldn't believe the story. That's why I thought we'd better be on hand. That good idea. Come, we'll circle the house and see if there's any place where we can wait and hear what's being said. Mm-hmm. 
While the lone Indian Tonto waited patiently, the hours slipped by. One by one, the village lights were out. Then, inside the outlaw's shack, Rusty spoke. Well, I think. I reckon it's about time we're moving. Afraid nobody awake in town now. Yeah. And look here, Andy. Huh? You ain't fooling us at all. You're up to some trick. What it is, I don't know. In the morning, eh, you make a false move and it'll be your last. <laughs> Said I was going to be a crook, didn't I? Did you think I'm old enough to know old mine? Hey, Neil, quit sucking over here. Oh, I've been thinking things over. Yeah? The way you've been sitting in the corner all evening without talking to anybody, I thought you'd be was mad at me. You can't do this. No? You can't just walk out in the ranks as if it didn't mean anything to you. Did it, didn't I? <laughs> just wait till the banker comes around to collect the cash we owe him. <laughs> He's going to find himself in the cattle business. But how about Ma? Well, what about her? You can't leave her like this. Yeah? I don't see as how I owe her any more than you do. Don't you figure after 30 years of paying bills I've done my share? Look at all she's done for her now. What's she done for me? She ain't done for you. Well, I... Once right for one, right for all, Edith. Ma's done all kinds of things for you. That's right. It seems to me I recollect her going without sleep for near a week just now when you had the fever. And there was a time you broke a wheel on old Chick's buggy. Mama took the blazer so she wouldn't whop you. And I'll never forget her as long as I live. She, she cried when you was born. He was that good about it. Well, the blazer's going out here. Let's get any shut up. No, partners. Don't mind my calling your parts, do you? I'm just trying to show me I got just as much right to turn crook as he had. Well, I ain't going through with it. Yeah, now, what's this? I ain't, I tell you. It's, it's wrong. Boy, you're going back to the ranch, and I'm going with you. And we're going right now. Yes, Lala. Now let me handle this, Pods. Neil's a mighty excited. May I do more with him than you can? Paul, how can you sit and talk like that? You ought to be ashamed. Son, you did yourself. You wasn't going on. Pod, and when you're a man growing, you learn that when you make a choice, you have to stick to it. And that's just what you're going to do. Paul, I never thought to hear you talk like this. Well, for the matter of that, I never thought a boy of mine would want to turn crooked. So that's it. Huh? You came here pretending to want to join us just so he can make the kid change his mind. Now we are. Now, Jake. Now then, take a look at these shooting irons. I see him. And listen to what I got to say. You came meddling here where you wasn't wanted, pants on spiling our scheme. Ain't you sort of jumping to conclusions? Nice shot of your game. But it ain't working. Neil ain't backing out because it's too late. If you fool can't figure I'm going to open this safe for you, you're local. You'll open it. What makes you think so? Or your pa gets shot. You, you wouldn't do that. Suppose you try us and see. Pa, what am I going to do? Neil, they're just brought. And you'll keep your mouth closed, Andy. Or Neil gets shot. All right, you two, come along. We're heading for every store. And just keep this in mind. If either one of you try anything, it won't be yourself you'll be hurting. It'll be the other. Under the watchful eyes of Link and Rusty, Neil and Andy mounted and rode with the outlaws through the silent streets of Boonville. Finally, they reached Ezra Miller's general store. Keep watch, Hannah Rusty. I'll try the door. I'm watching. You must keep still, kid, or your paw gets drilled. Uh, it's locked. Figured it would be. Just give it a shove. That old lock won't hold nothing. Door ain't barred. Yeah. Try again. Anybody hurt us? I reckon not. All right, inside you two. You fellas will pay for this. <laughs> I reckon we won't, Andy. You, you and Neil is going to pay. Huh? Watch out for them boxes. Yeah, thanks, Rusty. I've never seen him in the shadows. Really? What do you mean? It's me and Neil will pay. Here's the safe. <laughs> Curious, I, Andy? You fellas don't think you can free us, do you? Maybe. I'll open up the safe, Neil. I am pronto. 
Even if we get short one of these days. Can you read the numbers on the dial? We'd be better. We ain't lighting any matches so we can be seen. Getting it, kid? Just a second. There. Now hand over that cash box in there. There they are. See, see what's in it. Rusty, there's a plenty. More than I fit on. And most of it in folding money. <laughs> Good. Hey, what'd you put that cash in the pocket for? <laughs> it's just your pay, Neil. I don't want no stolen money. You don't get the idea, Neil. What we give you there ain't nothing of what we're keeping by ourselves. <laughs> but when the sheriff finds it on you, he's going to be damn sure you and your pa are thieves. Sheriff? Sheriff, what are you... you take the cash box and get going. I'll stand guard over these fellas. What'll happen? I tell the sheriff to search you two skunks. That's the best and I the whole thing in. <laughs> Rusty will have the cash right in his saddle pockets when he's talking to the sheriff. But by the time you tell your story, he'll have the cash hid when nobody will ever find it. <laughs> All right, Rusty, I'll give you away. All these cooks are robbing the safe, and you get the sheriff about a bed. There goes Rusty Tatter. Yes, he's clever. But they overlooked just one thing. What that? It isn't time to remain that tunnel. We've got to act fast. You make out lock foot cash back? I could have done that tunnel, but then there wouldn't have been a robbery. And there would have been nothing for which Link and Rusty could be jailed. Uh. My plan will clear Neil and Andy and convict those, those outlaws. What me do now? If Rusty's going to hide a stolen money, he won't be able to come back with the sheriff. Isn't that right? I'm going to call on the storekeeper, Tatter, and you're going to follow Rusty. Let him say stories to the sheriff. But when the sheriff leaves, hold Rusty while I get there. Getting dressed. Hot and Don't argue with me. You've got to get your sword before the sheriff. Now get into your clothes and I'll tell you what you're to do. The old storekeeper was at first indignant, but as the Lone Ranger explained, his indignation changed to excitement. He tumbled into his clothes, saddled his horse, and raced to the store. Over there. Ho, ho, ho. What's all the rest doing on in here? I made a bite the lamps after I caught him, Sheriff. I... It ain't there. There's it. Now look, Mr. Miller, we Something didn't... Something going on on here. Blasted Link, what are we holding our gun on them for? But I thought that they... And Neil, I thought I told you and your party to get the cash out of the safe and bring it right back to me. But what's that? You told us what? I got you, Rusty. We'll bring us through. I got the cook, Sheriff. One of them the way, but I caught these two all right. Andy, I never figured you'd turn crooked. You neither, Neil. But, Sheriff, I... Hold on a second. Is everybody local in here? Sheriff, what are you doing here? I come here just as soon as Rusty told me about your store being robbed. Who's supposed to robbed it? Our old Neil and his oh, paw here. No, he didn't. Shut up, Neil. Sheriff, can't I send Andy Neil after my Christmas without rousing the whole town? You, you sent him here, Esri? Of course it's a did. That ain't true. You sent him here, why wasn't the lights on when I caught him? And why did they bust the door to get in? I told him not to light the lamps. Just so there wouldn't be a lot of fuss. And I broke that door myself this afternoon. That's what I wanted the cash for. I got to worry. I'll hand it over, Neil. All right. Uh, this is all I got, Mr. Miller. There. I told you that we were stealing. It was the fellow that got away who took the rest of the cash. Mr. Miller. Here's your thief, Sheriff. He had the cash. He's saddled. How did he was in on it? 
Me open the safe. He must pa help it. It was just because. And they don't you know enough to keep still at your age. But Ezra, was it enough that took you and Neil to blame Long to get back here with the cash? That I had to come down here myself. Now I don't hear another word out of you. That don't explain why Rusty roused me out of bed. But it does. These crooks figured you'd come to me, and I tell you I never sent Neil here. Then if Neil said Rusty had the cash, you'd just believe he was lying. Listen here, you can't. Now take him to jail, Sheriff. I'll do that. Who incarnated this mask, fella? He's a friend of mine. That's all you need to know. Maybe he's wearing a mask. He ain't no outlaw. Henry, your word suits me. And as for Lincoln Rusty here, I've been wanting to see them behind bars for so long, I just about give hope of turning the trick. But that's where they're hitting now. Get along, Link. You too, Rusty. Well then, Neil, you still want to be an outlaw? I've had him for crooks to last me the rest of my life. But, Paul... You never meant all those things you said back in the cabin, did you? About them in the ranch and, and Ma and all, all the rest. <laughs> of course I didn't, son. That was just the part of the masked man's scheme to bring you to your senses. Uh, but stranger here. Yes? How did you get us out of this mess? I, I still see things quite straight. You're free, Andy, because as I told Toto, Lincoln Rusty made just one mistake. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> Can't you guess, Andy? The masked fellow knew you and me was friends. Oh, we all of us have been. Uh-huh. And Andy, the masked fellow knew that real friends don't never let each other down. copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Hi-yo, Silver, the Lone Ranger. 
United States were first opened to settlers, the masked rider of the plains fought crime and criminals throughout the new territory. The local sheriff gave him very little help, but he did have one trusted friend, the Indian scout Tonto. Tonto was only second to the Lone Ranger in courage and daring, and the stories of his devotion and loyalty have been told and retold until the faithful Indian has become the symbol of true friendship. Return with us now to those thrilling days when the West was young, and adventure lay at the end of every trail. The Lone Ranger rides again! Come on, Silver! Someone's waiting for us on the trail ahead! Hello, Silver! Away! Jack's feet was familiar to quite a number of people in the early West and known especially because of his association with the Lone Ranger. Next to the Indian friend of the masked mystery writer, Cactus Pete knew him better than anyone else. As we find the wandering musician, we learn that he has joined a group of cowmen on the open range, and sure is downright entertaining to have a little music on the prairie. Get sort of tiresome doing the same thing all the time without nothing to break the monotony. You guess so. Give us another tune on the guitar, Cactus Pete. Oh, gone it, boys. My fingers is plumb what for strumming that old guitar. Bob there's doing all right on the harmonica. Besides, <laughs> about time to turn in anyhow, ain't it? Shucks, we can always turn in. Gee, Pete. Yeah? Seems to me I've heard a plenty of stories about you and this Lone Ranger. <laughs> oh, shucks. Oh, I never done nothing except strum the guitar. You mess with a Lone Ranger frequent, ain't you? <laughs> yeah, I reckon so. You know, there's something I've always wondered about him, Pete. Well, don't ask me no questions. I don't know no more about him than you fellas do. Well, there's one thing I've always wondered about. Yeah? This Indian friend of his. Tonto? Yeah, Tonto. How'd him and the Lone Ranger meet up anyhow? Well, it's all of a long story. Well, come on, tell it to us, Pete. Oh, I ain't no hand to tell him stories. Oh, Do the best you can, man. <laughs> well, you see, gents, there's been a lot of stories about how the Lone Ranger and Tonto come to be friends. Oh, I don't know when it really happened. Some say it was even before the Lone Ranger found his horse, Silver. And others don't. I hear that Tonto saved his life one time when him and all his partners was shot up outlaws. Yep, Tonto saved his life plenty of times. This one time, the Lone Ranger was the only one that survived the attack of the outlaws. Yep, that was down Texas way. Yeah. Two of them met up for that, though. Well, tell us. Oh. <laughs> the way I heard it, it was in the mining region. Mining region, huh? Yep. Uh, up around Warshaw County. There was a fellow there by the name of Dan Slade. He had half interest in the claim with a young fellow named Bob Reed. Seems that Bob was sort of hoping the claim had pan out good for <laughs> for a lot of reasons. Fact is, he was so busy hoping and working that he didn't take the time to notice what an ornery coyote Dan Slade was. The two of them was digging, getting ready to fire a blast one hot afternoon. When the sun was blistering down from the sky, they hadn't showed a rain cloud for more than a month. Oh, it's sure a hot day for working, man. I'll be glad when we get this blast and powder ready to fire. It won't be long now. Hit that ground down a little harder, Bob. <laughs> Maybe this'll be the time we strike the mother load, huh? It won't be long. I've seen enough to satisfy me that she's there, all right. <laughs> I reckon the $50 cash you give me for half interest will prove to be a pretty good investment, huh? Don't get the idea I was fool enough to give you 50 bucks cash money for nothing. I knew what I was buying. Sure you did. You ain't a fool. Oh, there. I guess we're ready to light the fuse now, aren't we? Yep, I'll do it. Get out of the way. All right, Dan. There. Now run. We got a powerful big charge in there. It ought to fit something. Keep running. We can't be too far away with that blast. Let's go. I'm running. Oh, gosh, Dan. Wouldn't it be swell if this would be the blast that brought home the bacon? Yep. There. 
I guess we can watch from behind this rock. There she goes. Come on, Dan. Let's hurry back and see what's happening. I just got a hunch maybe that done the trick. You and your hunches make me sick. There ain't no harm in hoping, Dan. That's what kept me going all this time. Hoping. Ah, uh, dry up. Dan, what's the matter with you anyway? Ain't you satisfied with the partnership? I've got to be satisfied, ain't I? Gosh. Look at the hole that blast ripped up, will you? Ain't nothing strange about it. It'll be twice as strange if a charge that size went off without me gonna go. Dan, Dan, look. Give me that shovel quick. I'll handle it. My gosh, that looks like gold, Bob. Oh, hustle up. Shut up, come on. Let's have a look. I am. Don't get so excited, though. Oh, gosh, Dan, I can't help it. What does it look like? It's a real thing, all right. Seems to me we found the big vein. Look there. Dan. Dan, we sure did. That's it. That's it. Shut up. You're acting like a fool kid. Dan, I am a fool kid. I ain't acting. Oh, gosh, Dan. If you only know what this means to Sally and the kids. New clothes, school, and a new house. Sure. Spend it all on them. What are you going to get out of it? Me? Well, I don't want nothing for myself. But, gosh, Dan, just look at that gold. Look at it. Shut up a minute. I heard something. So did I. Seemed like someone groaning. White man, help. Dan, look. Look there. That fellow was caught in the blast. Serves him right. What's he doing around here? Here. Help me dig him out. The poor devil's half buried. You, help. He's nothing but a redskin. I'll fix no, him. No, Dan, no. Put your gun down. The dead engine is the good engine. I'll fix him so he won't need help. Dan, put that gun down. Don't shoot the poor devil. You dig here. Then Tonto, he's green. I'll dig you out. He's hurt bad, Dan. Get out of the way, Bob. We ain't saving no engine to have him scalp us someday. Just a minute. I wouldn't shoot if I were you. Say, who are you? He's got a mask on, Dan. Uh, I wasn't going to shoot the engine. I was just going to... Oh, help Tonto. Tonto? Is that your name? Dig him out. All right. That's how you feel. Here, Bob. Give me a hand. Maybe he's hurt pretty bad. We'll put him out and take him over to my shack. Well, gents, there was something about the way that mask man talked that made Dan Slade doggone willing to do what he said, especially when he seen two big guns leveled at him. And that was the Lone Ranger, huh, Pete? <laughs> that was him, all right. He'd heard the blast and left his horse a little distant and come to see what he meant. After he seen that Dan and Bob were taking care of the Redskin, he went to where his horse was waiting and swung into the saddle. I don't my horse! He didn't know, the masked man didn't, that right then there was a scheme forming in Dan Slade's brain. Dan nursed the engine all right, took him to his shack, fixed him so the busted bone in his ankle was healing, took frustrate care of him. In the meantime, the mine became the talk of the whole county. Money rolled in fast to both Bob and Dan, and Dan done his best to spend it as fast as it come in. Dan was in the cafe one night, talking to a critter called Slim. Gee, Dan, you sure are a swell spender now, you rich. Sure thing, fellas. Easy come, easy go, that's my motto. Step right up, boys. The next is on me. Windy, <laughs> get him up and give me the bill. Doggone, Dan. You sure are spending it. <laughs> I guess I can afford it, eh? Hey there, stranger. Did you drink? Dan Slade's treating. Thanks, but I don't drink. Chuck, stranger, that's the way to get acquainted. I ain't squeamish about spending for a fella just because he's new in town. Uh, say, Dan, how's that engine you got for your shack? Oh, him. <laughs> I'm fixing him up to work for me. At the mine? No, nope, at the shack. It's easier to patch up an engine to do the work around there and get meals and sweep floors and such than it would be to get tied down with a wife, ain't it? <laughs> he's getting better, is he? Yep. Who is he? I don't know. He was sticking his nose around when the mine was being blasted and got broke up a bit. This is name is Turner. Indian? Yeah. Where's we grew up, boys? Here's to Dan Slade. <laughs> Thanks, boys. I gotta be going now. If any of you need some advice on buying in on a mine, just call our Dan Slade. All right, Dan. The funny thing, this man Slade taking care of an Indian. Ain't funny. Ain't like him. I'd give half a buck to know what's on his mind. 
He's a deep one, dance, ladies. Yes, I can see that. He ain't taking care of a redskin for nothing. He's got a scheme working, and I'd like to know what it is. Man seems to be popular. <laughs> sure he is. Who wouldn't be? Spend the money like he does. There's a lot to what you say. Stranger, men is funny critters. They walk all over a fella trying to keep him down, and then when he gets to the top, they'll yelp their fool heads off, telling how they helped put him there. Who's Dan Slade's partner? Name's Bob Reed. Now, there's a fella that's liked by most of the fellas here. But he got a dirty deal from Slade when he needed a little cash, bad. He did? Yep. Slade let him give half interest in his mind before he gave him the cash. Bob don't complain now, though. Thinks it was right fine of Slade to do it. Yes, sir, stranger. Men sure are funny, pretty. Slim didn't know when he talked to the stranger in the cafe that it was a lone ranger, disguised and not wearing his mask. Well, the mine went along in good shape, and there wasn't no doubt that it made both Bob and Dan a couple of the richest men in the whole county. But Dan was greedy. Half the claim wasn't enough for him. One evening, he decided to call on Bob, went to his house, and rapped on the door. Bob was kind of surprised to see Dan then. Dan, gosh, come on in. You're sort of a stranger these days. I come on business, Bob. Sally, come in here a minute. Yeah, good evening, Dan. Good evening. What business brought you here, Dan? I've been thinking. Now that the mine's going good, we ought to come to some kind of understanding. Well, sure thing. But there's nothing he'd already understood. You get half, and I get half. But what if one of us dies? <laughs> that ain't going to happen, Dan. You never can tell. Blasting the way we are and all that. Never can tell when you or me will get hurt, son. Bob, you, you didn't tell me it was so dangerous. It ain't, Sally. There ain't no danger at all. Now, suppose you go and make up a lunch. Me and Dan will have a talk. Yeah, all right. Uh, just a minute. That's what you missed, Dan, not having a wife yourself. Maybe so, but I'm satisfied. Now, I brought along a paper for you to sign, Bob. Well, what kind of paper? Just an agreement between the two of us, that's all. Let me see it. Sure. Now, you see, if you die, then, of course, I get the mine and agree to see that so much is paid to your wife and kids regular. But if I die, you get the mine. But, Dan, it says here you agree to pay my wife only $20 a month. That's more than fair, Bob. If I die, you get the whole thing. You don't have to pay out none of it. But I'm willing to help your wife out, you see. Oh, shucks, Dan. We don't need no agreement like this. Just the same. It's the best way. Why, I even had a lawyer over to town draw it up so it's all legal and binding. Well, all right, then. I'll sign if you want me to. Make me feel a heap better. I'll get a couple of witnesses to make it legal. Where can you get them? I brought them along. They're outside. I'll just call them in. Come on in, fellas. Hey, howdy, Bob. Glad to see you. Oh, howdy, Slim. Hello, Wendy. Howdy. Now, Bob, you sign right here, and I'll sign here. We both sign each copy of this, and then we each keep a copy. And there. That all? Yep, most all. Now, you two fellas sign right down here. You'll be all fixed according to form. I'll feel much better this way, Bob. All right, Dan, whatever you say. You know a lot more about law and such than I do. Hey, uh, Dan. Yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. There's my signature. Well, Bob, we'll be going now. And thanks. Hold on. Don't be in a hurry. Sally's fixing up a lunch for us. Oh, sorry, I'm pretty busy, Bob. Lots of work to do over the shack. But I thought you had title working on it. He ain't there. able to get around much. Still uses crutches to walk. You fellas ready to go? Yeah, yeah. ready. Oh, wait a minute. My wife's fixing Sorry, up Bob. We've got to be going. Evening. Evening, Bob. The curtain falls on the first act of our thrilling Lone Ranger drama. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. 
with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high silver, the Lone Ranger. And now back to Cactus Pete as he relates the story of the beginning of the friendship between the Lone Ranger and Tonto. Bob Reed signed the paper Dan had fixed up, and a couple of witnesses made it all legal. Then Dan left before Sally got back into the room. You let us up, Bob. What? Where was Dan gone to? He just left, Sally. But didn't he know I was fixing something to eat? He, he wasn't mad or nothing, was he? I don't know. He just said he couldn't wait. There's something wrong with him lately, Bob. Well, I'm beginning to think maybe there is. He's been acting awful funny. Funny? Can't figure it. Sometimes he looks like he almost hates me. Then, silly, Bob. No one hates you. Besides, aren't you the one made him rich? Yeah, but it's just the way he looks at me. Sometimes I feel mighty strange when he does it. Well, I never liked Dan Slate much myself. But he seems to be popular enough in town, so I reckon he must be all right. He spends a lot of money on the boys. That's why he's so popular, Sally. Bob, what's this paper here? Well, that's what him and me just signed. It gives me the mine if Dan dies, and him the mine if I die. Is that the way things are done? I reckon so. Dan even brought along two fellows from town to sign this here paper with him and me. Witnesses there was. Uh, I guess Dan's a good businessman, Bob. Yeah, I'll admit I don't know much about such things. Well, anyway, Dan's getting the mine along in great shape. Running like a real business. With him there part of the time and me there part of the time. Well, I suppose Dan was all right. Look how he's taking care of that poor engine that it's hurt. I can't forget, though, Sally, that at first Dan was aiming to shoot the engine. Dan wouldn't have done that. He sure would have, if that Lone Ranger hadn't come along when he did and made Dan save Otto. Gosh, I'd like to see the Lone Ranger sometime, Bob. Never seen him after that day, did you? Nope, never did. Fact is, I didn't know it was a Lone Ranger then. It wasn't until after he rode away and I heard him call his horse Silver that I realized who it was. It's mighty curious how Dan Slade's nature changed after being talked to by that masked man. It sure is, Sally. I've been puzzling it over ever since. Slim and Wendy went with Dan after he left Bob Reed's. And Slim was mighty curious about the paper he'd signed. The two of them was in the saddle, moving slow, when Slim brought the matter up. Listen, Dan, what was that paper we put our names to back at Bob Reed? It wasn't nothing, Slim, just a law form, that's all. But you said that Wendy here and me was was witnesses. Sure, that's in case sometime if I should die, some relation of mine would try to claim the mine. Well, that is my half of it. What Bob could say to us is, and you fellas could swear you see me sign the paper, see? Shucks, Dan, I could swear without that. <laughs> Gosh, if you buys me all I want to drink for signing that paper, it'll be the cheapest jag I ever got. <laughs> Ain't that so? Hold up there a minute. What's this? A man in a white horse. I'll talk to you, man. I know that voice. Where do you come from? What is this, anyhow? Hold up there. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Something like that. Let me see that paper you had Bob Reed signed. See here, that ain't no business of yours. Let me see it. Show it to him, Dan. He's got a mask on and them guns look tolerable big. Look, like here it is. It ain't nothing but an agreement, that's all. Just an agreement of two business partners. Strike a match, Slim. I can't read in the dark. You know me, what? Break you? your light. Here you are, stranger. Thanks. Now, let me see. Mister, there ain't nothing there that ain't regular and according to law on that paper. No, I see that there isn't. Be careful, Dan. Yeah, here's your paper. Come on, Silver. He's no robber. He wore a mask. I'm gonna plug him. Hey, I'll show him. You missed him. I'm Silver. Away! Well, the Lone Ranger rode off into the night. <laughs> I suppose you're wondering why he wanted to look at that paper that was signed by Bob, huh? Yeah, Pete. What was it, too? And we'll get back to that later. And after Dan saw the masked man right away, he left Slim and Wendy and got back to his own shack as quick as he could. 
He noted that for the next few days, Tonto kept looking at him, watching every move he made. And it began to get on Dan Slade's nerves. Finally, he got plumb fed up with the way Tonto watched him. And... You're going to be that way, Pop. Tonto didn't make any reply for a minute. Just kept staring out of them deep, dark eyes of his. Blaster, can't you answer me? I ask you a question. What are you watching me for? Come to know what you think. What do you mean you know what I think? You think murder. What, sir? You make murder plans. Why, you can't... Soon maybe Tonto walk. Then him leave here. Leave me after the way I fix you up, eh? Not by a darn sight. You ain't gonna leave me till you repaid me for all the time and bother I went to to fix that busted ankle of yours. You drink too much fire water. That ain't none of your business. I'm a rich man now. I don't need to listen to no talk like that. Especially not from an ornery redskin. Stop staring at me, do you hear? I tell you to stop staring at me. That'll learn you. Next time I'll catch you staring at me like you've been doing, I'll sling red. It was getting on Dan Slade's nerves the way Tonto kept close watch of him. Tonto was still hobbling around with some crutches he'd made. Couldn't travel fast or far. Just managed to hobble about the shack a little bit, but it was enough for what Dan Slade had in mind. Reckon tomorrow's the day for carrying out my plans. I'll just see that Bob's laid up at home. He was thinking, making plans all night long. He went over them again and again. I can let a beam fall on his head in the morning. That'll do it. Good heavy beam hit him on the head. Tonight, as soon as the Redskins asleep, I'll borrow his crutches and fix things up. Well, that only coyote, Dan Slade, slipped down the moccasins that belonged to Tonto, who seemed to be sound asleep in the corner. Then he left the house, taking with him the crutches that Tonto had been using. He made sure to walk through plenty of mud to Bob Reed's house. There he fixed a few things, then crept back to his own shack with his murder plans all fixed. The next afternoon, Dan came into the cafe. There was quite a bunch of fellas gathered there. Well, there he is. Old Dan himself. Oh, you sleep? Howdy. Howdy, Wendy. Hello there, stranger. I need a drink. Good stiff one. Kind of worried. Worried? What's wrong, Dan? It's about Bob. He had a bad break this morning. No. Yeah, a raft in the mine fell in his head. Not to clean out. I lugged him home. Was he badly hurt? Oh, not so bad. Sally will fix him up. But it ain't that that bothers me. It's that ungrateful engine. Tonto? Mm-hmm. What's ailing him? Well, Slim, I didn't give it much thought. But you know the day that the Redskin got hurt, Bob was for shooting him. Same as you do a horse with a busted leg. If I hadn't had my way, you'd have shot him right then. Gosh, that was bad. Angels don't forget things like that. I know it. I'm kind of feared that when Tonto gets to walking without his crutches, he may try and get revenge on Bob. Is that so, Dan? Yep, and I don't like the look in that critter's eyes. What would he do to Bob? I don't know. He might try to scalp him and his family. He might set the house on fire, blow it up. Blow it up? Yep. Swipe some blasting powder and fuse from my own supply to home and then set it under Bob's house. You see, boy, the Lone Ranger had already talked to Tonto and made plans to trap Dan Slade. Tonto carried out his part of the plans in first-rate style, acting like he was licking up and riding away while the Lone Ranger disguised as a stranger was around the town. When the Lone Ranger rode away on Slade's horse, he overtook Tonto. Good work, Tonto. Quickly now. Tell me where you put the mask. Over. Over here. Under. Rock. But where's my own horse? Where's Silver? You call him. Here, Silver. Here, boy. You go past now. 
Candle all fixed. What time will the candle burn down far enough to reach the fuse? Four o'clock. Four o'clock, eh? Almost four now. Ray's going to pin this murder on you? That right. Made the track with your crutches, didn't he? That right. Him leave toward the night. Here. Candle. Ready there, Silver. You wait here. Candle, I'll be back. All ready, Silver. I'll Silver! Away! While the lone ranger riding his own horse and with his face mask, headed back toward Bob's home, Dan and Slim headed for the same place. Dan figured on walking slow enough so they'd see the explosion from a short distance. Well, I reckon Bob's all right, Slim. Don't see no signs of trouble around the house from here. That engine was just plumb roco, that's all, Dan. See, hold on. She looks like crutch tracks from your shack to Bob's. Huh? Look on the ground. My gosh, it does, don't it? I wonder if that low-down redskin's been over there. What time is it, Slim? About four o'clock, I reckon. Why? I was just wondering, that's all. I wish that fella'd come back with my horse. I'll bet he stole it, that's what. I wouldn't be surprised. Hey, Slim, look. What's in the ground next to Bob's place? Smoke. And, and it's moving along the ground. Look, it's a fuse, that's what. I bet it's a fuse. That engine must have spread some of my blasting powder just like I was afraid he would. Get back. Back. But Bob will be killed, so his whole family. Get back, I say. You can't do nothing anyway. It's too late. Who's that? Look at that white horse come. Gosh, how he can travel. Slim, it's that fellow that held us up the other night. The masked fellow. The Lone Ranger. He's shooting at us. No, he ain't. Look, he shot that fuse. Cut it with the bullet. Him riding full speed. Boy, he's... Oh, 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 oh. The next cut should be for you, Dan Slade. You don't want to stand right where you are. Don't shoot, don't shoot. You set that fuse to blow your partner into eternity. Dan, you done that? No, no, it's you. thought no one saw you last night when you took the crutches, made tracks, and would pin this murder on the Indian. Slim, if you want proof that Slade's the man who planned to murder Bob Reed... I you, Dan Slade. You look ill. easy. make him right now. No, no, don't listen to the best, fellow. I tell you, I didn't, but I think you did. I know it all the time there was some reason why you kept that engine. You were just planning to make him the goat. To make him take the blame for what you did. No, no, Slim, listen to me. I can explain you everything. You can't explain nothing to me, Slade. Now, I see it all as plain as day. And that's why I had Bob sign that paper, too. Slim, if you need further proof... I don't. You can't prove me. Dan Slade, you were seen last night. What? Put your guns away, Mr. Massman. There's something that's got to be done for this community. But I aims to be the one to do it. No, no, Slim. Don't draw your gun. Don't shoot me, Slim. Well, I don't. yellow livered polecat. I wouldn't waste good bullets on you. I figured it was a lie when you said Bob wanted to shoot the engine. That I knowed it was a lie. Then I thought it was blame funny you'd keep Carter in your shack so you could start hiking for the sheriff's office. What's I reckon I know who it was that seen you last night. A lone ranger. <laughs>
have just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!